Hey, this is Kaz, and this is Nightmares at Midnight. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about what we're watching. I finally watched Mr. Harrigan's phone on Netflix. I knew it was coming out the previous episode. I had mentioned it. I finally watched it. It was exactly how I expected it to be. I did think it would be scarier, but it was good for what it was. Um, My husband and I finally finished the final season of Peaky Blinders. I know there is a movie coming out about it and a spinoff show, so we're excited for that. Uh, We've continued to watch the Little Demon show that's on Hulu. But yeah, I mean, we haven't really had time to sit down and watch a whole lot this week. We're going to go ahead and jump right into our episode. In honor of Halloween, we are doing an episode with the Entity Ventures Paranormal or EVP that is based out of Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Um, I have the three of them on the show with me today. So we're just going to jump into what they do and where they've been and get to know them a little bit and their works. Um, I was just while I was waiting for you guys, I was watching the video where you were with Egan at the, oh, yeah. yeah, um, I, I knew Egan, we went to high school together, so oh. it's interesting to see you guys, like, working with him, too, and, like, the cat ball thing, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> why don't we start <laughs> with, uh, you guys introducing yourselves, tell me, like, how you became a group, how, like, how you decided to start this, you know, you believing everything. I believe, you know, that in everything that you guys are doing, so I, I'm not, definitely not one of those that are skeptical. So why don't you start with that, and then... Okay, so we're Entity Ventures Paranormal. I'm Tabitha. I'm Jade. I'm Stevie. So Stevie and I were formerly on a team in Rhinelander, and then they disbanded, so... We weren't done yet, so we decided to start our own thing. So we started in, I want to say 2018. I think it was 2018 now. Yeah, and we just started small, just doing local stuff. And then we kind of got into doing presenting and stuff and podcasts and kind of talking to people more about what our views are and about what we do. And people started inviting us places in the bigger places. (laughs) So now we really get to travel with it. That's cool. How far have you guys traveled? Um, just recently, we went to Indiana, and then we went to West Virginia and Kentucky, and last year we went to Hensdale, New York. Wow, so you guys have been all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you guys all, you all believe in it? You guys don't have any doubts at all? No. no. I mean, at certain locations, we like to be skeptics, like mm-hmm. just the way you should be when you're well, going yeah, somewhere. Yeah. You I mean, we believe everything can happen, but when we yeah. go into places, we're skeptical about those specific places until we're proven otherwise. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. What do you think, like what age you guys were at that you were just like, yes, this is possible. Yes, this is definitely a thing. Well, when I was a kid, probably five years old, I remember seeing spirits. I would see glowing orbs and stuff like that. So as a little kid, I knew. I knew what was out there. <laughs> yeah, I think that as kids, I think the the veil is a little more open as kids, I right. think. Yeah, yeah, like the third eye mm-hmm. and everything that's yeah. open, yeah. So when did you guys come together as a group? How long have you been doing that now? Around four years. We weren't this able... Team. Yeah, with this team. We weren't able to do much during COVID, so we kind of lost a year of 
travel and everything like that but we still did like events and stuff as much as we could mostly live events through the internet (laughs) yeah I saw you post that you just did a um thing was it last night that you guys had the event uh it was saturday saturday mm-hmm. yeah that was that's pretty cool that you guys can do that you know talk to places about it and i i feel like it would be really awkward to like go to a place and just be like hey i want to see you know what kind of activity i can find in your place yeah it gets easier over time and like recently we started our paranormal rhinelander thing that we're doing series yeah that we're doing so we're we've got four episodes in the works and two are out so far but like with Egan he was super open to it and he was really involved too Mm -hmm. um and then Ben with the Hodag store that was great too because we know him through events and stuff so getting to go in there and investigate was super fun yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So what do you think was your most like active place that you've been to that you've gotten response? There's so many. Of them. <laughs> well, tell me about them. Give me give me some stories about where you've been. Well, a big one that Stevie and I did before Jade had joined our team was Shaker's Cigar Bar in Milwaukee. That place, we kind of both walked into it thinking it was going to be like gimmicky, mm-hmm. you know, like just... Out like they were just money. trying to get people to think it's haunted just to... Yeah, as an attraction. Yeah, yeah. And we were proved so wrong. Yeah, we just the whole night we were getting stuff, and it was just, it was really, really awesome. We were invited to stay in their penthouse. (laughs) It was formerly a brothel, so we got invited to stay in like the VIP level of the brothel. I mean, that's kind of cool, though. (laughs) It was super cool. Yeah, and see, like, slept in the bed where where Molly, Molly, the big prostitute from back then had slept and then yeah we got to investigate that and with the owner in the basement which was really cool that was a great opportunity but that was one of the places that really surprised us yeah definitely because we did not think we got lots of evps there and that's when where we started using dowsing rods because we never used them before shakers and that's what they used there mostly Mm -hmm. so that opened us up to more tools a whole communication yeah. yeah what kind of tools do you guys use i mean i saw the cat balls and some of the i don't guess i don't know what they're called but the things to get them to respond uh k2 meters cat balls millimeters yeah those are our main ones recorders mm-hmm. yeah and the dowsing rods are like definitely a staple now we also have a spirit box that we use at yeah. each location oh too. yeah okay yeah, we have other stuff but those are the things that we use pretty much every single investigation yeah and we have like boo bear that's a stuffed animal that talks and stuff he's really annoying so we don't use we that don't use too often. <laughs> Only if we know that there's, like, children's spirits that would like it, then, then we'll bring it out. <laughs> the, the children thing, that, that's the creepy line for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, that's cool. I think that most of the children's spirits you come across, though, I think it's mostly residual energy. Like, when we get it in schools and stuff. Yeah. But, like, because we do a lot of work at the current yeah. school and there. We're doing two events there next month, but we did some events last winter too, just something to do while it's cold and snowy. And uh, it's really cool because we are the first team that's been in there. So we've kind of discovered everything about it. The first and only. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So like every time we go, we learn something new and we get more theories and more information from the spirits yeah that's so cool yeah and like the first time we went there it was just stevie and i stevie who grew up in rhinelander always knew there was something going on in that building Mm -hmm. so when we went there for the first time it was just her and i it was late at night 
And we just were sitting in the main level in the middle of the building and just listening to whispering and footsteps going up and down the stairs. Like for hours, we were just sitting there and we were just like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Like It, it was, was most likely all residual energy, yeah. but it was still, it was cool. Yeah. yeah. And then as we started investigating there more, that's when we started getting more intelligent, intelligent yeah. responses. Wow. Wow. And then I saw you guys went to the Paulding Light too, right? Oh, yeah. We yeah. went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took a field trip with our kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you brought the kids along? Yeah, it's a safe place to bring the kids so we can share our passion with them a little bit, but mm-hmm. in a safe What did you way. think about the Paulding Light? I mean, it was none of our first times going there, and this kind of time was a little bit harder because there were so many people there. Yeah, there really was. Like, I've never gone there when there's, like, groups of people. Yeah, there was a crowd. Yeah. Was wow. Crowd. But the light itself never disappoints. It was... Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I saw it gosh, 10 years ago probably, and there was nobody else besides like the people I came with, and we fully saw it. I was surprised, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, anyone who lives in this area that hasn't taken that trip should definitely. It's easy to find. It's right there just off that highway. It is there every night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No matter when you go, you're going to see it. Cool. What are some other places? I know you said you're going to the current school. Um, what are some other places that you guys have coming up to go check out? We're going to Tom's Drawing Board, which is in downtown Rhinelander mm-hmm. tomorrow night. And then we're doing Nikki's Music Store yeah, sometime soon as well. That's in Rhinelander. And then actually on Saturday when we had that event, we were invited to go to Peshtigo, um, where there was the fire in 1841, I believe. And um, there's a lot of history down there. So the people that were at our event invited us to come stay with them and do some investigating down there. That's awesome. Hoping to set that up soon too. That's the best thing is where we can do events and stuff like this and just make those connections Mm -hmm. and find new places to go, especially when they're local because it's so much easier to travel two hours away than it is 14 hours to West Virginia. Right. Have you experienced any that like that was super negative that where you were actually scared nothing nowhere that we were scared while we were there (laughs) (laughs) it was when we got home and listened to our audio then we thought oh maybe we should have been scared (laughs) yeah it's always the uh, weirdest when you're there and you're comfortable and then you leave and you find that and you're like oh Okay, how, did I, how did I not feel that? <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel any negativity, but they were trying to get that across to me. So I don't know. I think I'd be scared <laughs> for any interaction like that. Just watching the video with you at Egan, I was like, when that ball lit up, I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how uh, Amanda, Egan's girlfriend who was with us, I think she felt that way sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Seeking occupational therapy services for your child in the Wasilla and Palmer area and you're on a waiting list, clinic setting just isn't cutting it, too many options or not enough, Wild Free Kids OT may be your answer. With no wait lists and extensive training, experience working with children and adolescents with behavior issues, we offer mobile, community, and nature-based OT where it matters most. You get real results learning alongside your child and without compromising your way of life. Give us a call at 907-215-4438 or check us out on Facebook or online, Wild Free Kids OT. Freaked out, but... um, They had fun with it, though. Yeah, yeah, they had fun. (laughs) They were really into it, which is awesome.
Yeah. With the people who have that connection to the building. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you want to get out so that people that are listening, you know, know more about you or know how to get a hold of you, that type of thing? Well, we have a Facebook page that people can go out on there and like and that, and we update like where we're going and we put evidence on there and we have all of our events and stuff on there. So if anybody wants to meet us somewhere, there's always new opportunities to do that. And Yeah, we're recently on Instagram. I was just going to ask, are you on Instagram or TikTok or any of that? Yeah, well, not TikTok yet, but we kept getting asked if we were on Instagram all the time. So I finally just put one together. So we're on Instagram. Keep an eye on TikTok because we're going to figure that out eventually. I, I think it would be cool for some of the TikToks, you know, some of your recordings and stuff while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as we can figure out how to make TikTok, <laughs> Okay, yeah, I would follow that for sure. I'm sure lots of people would and like I feel like the younger generation kind of sticks with Snapchat and like TikTok and all that too. Yeah, and Instagram and stuff. So we had we had met this person at the Mafia Museum and they're like, Well we're not on Facebook, but we're on Instagram. Do you have one? And I'm like, No, we don't. But we really should because we get that question all the time. Trying to, and it's a work in progress because I'm trying to put four years worth of investigations and experiences onto this this new page. So it's it's being worked on. A lot of our recent stuff, though, because when we went to West Virginia, we ended up going to Bobby Mackey's too, which is a well known nightclub for its negative energy. Yeah, you said that you went to Kentucky and some other states. Was there a bunch of places there? Or like, how did they hear about you or you them? Uh, I mean, just research there. We went to the Randolph County Infirmary, which is in Winchester, Indiana. Um, and Stevie and I had gone there a few years ago, right? Like right when we started, it was our first big trip, but we weren't with people that made it very enjoyable. So this time it was pretty inexpensive. We rented mm-hmm. the whole place out, just the three of us. Yeah, we had the whole place just yeah. to ourselves. Yeah, so and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> That's me in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have our uh, resident security cap. But um, yeah, so... it never gets easier though. It, it, <laughs> like every time we go on investigation, I'm like, how are you guys not scared at all? <laughs> That's, that would be me. <laughs> I like, I'm terrified every single time. I love it. I love what we do, and I really enjoy going. But I'm terrified the entire time. <laughs> After that was Bobby Matthews. Yeah. But we, we've also been to the Hinsdale House in New York as well. Big trips. Yeah, we spent a whole weekend there. Which yeah. is, it's crazy because no matter how much time you spend in these locations, it's like never enough. We could have spent a week at Hinsdale House just... And still not wanted to leave. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is there any place that, whether it big name or not, that you would want to go to experience and check out? Where do we start? I want to go to Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh, and the Island of the Dolls I want to go to so bad. But that's like a million hours and like a canoe ride a canoe through. Ride. <laughs> Amazon hit there or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's so dope. <laughs> I want to go to um, Missouri State Penitentiary and Waverly Hills. I think those are, oh, and the Lizzie Borden House. Oh, I was going to mention that to you. I, I had heard on the Morbid podcast about that. 
and how they had went and spent like the weekend there. And I was curious about you guys if you had wanted to go there. I, I've looked into it so many times. The problem is it's run as a bed and breakfast now. Mm-hmm. So when you rent it out, you're only renting like a single room or a single floor. So in order to rent the entire thing out, I'm not sure exactly how to go about that. But I can't even imagine how amazing that would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard there's lots of, you know, action there. That's pretty cool. That or like the Conjuring House would be really cool. The Winchester Mansion would be cool to see as well. Yes, that, yeah. I've I've heard of that one too. I'm actually a miniaturist, and I recreated that house in smaller scale. So it's oh my gosh. Gosh. so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So it would definitely be cool for you guys to go there too. Um, see, I have this ingrained since childhood huge fear of rose red. So things like the Winchester Mystery House <laughs> really freak me out because of that. But I mean. It, that is a really interesting story and the whole house itself i'd repeat okay well then yeah i can just wrap it up here very cool thank you for the opportunity and this was exciting for us yeah yeah, yeah definitely uh, i've i've enjoyed it i just want to get you guys out there you know yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. you guys have a good night okay all right okay thank you, thank you. Bye. hey well thanks for tuning in and listening while i interviewed entity ventures paranormal like she said you can Find them on Facebook. And before I let you go, I'm going to read a few scary short stories since it's Halloween time. The first story I'm going to read is called The Face on the Tree. Gloria and her friends, Sarah and Megan, enjoyed riding their horses through the woods next to the riding stable. Many of the old timers at the stable warned them not to pass black woods at night on horseback. The haunted woods often spooked the horses as well as the riders. One particularly beautiful afternoon close to Halloween, the girls rode out further than they intended. The crisp leaves crunched under the horses' hooves, and the girls spent more time than usual exploring an unused trail. The sunset faded, and they suddenly realized they had to pass black woods in pitch darkness. The horses knew the path and picked their way carefully through the woodland trail. They came to a fork in the trail. If they took the shortcut, they would go past Black Woods towards the stables. The horses balked and refused to turn left onto the shortcut. Let's dismount and walk them the last little bit. We're almost home, Gloria said. You go, Sarah shivered. I want to take the long way home and ride to the road. We're going to get in trouble if we walk the horses on the road at night. It's too dangerous. Besides, we're almost at the stables. We just have to get through Black Woods, Gloria persisted. Sarah and Meg had already turned their horses toward the road. We could get hit by a car being on the road in the dark, Gloria warned. Fine, Sarah fumed. I'll go by the forest. Gloria urged the horse forward. As they rounded the last turn into Black Woods, an eerie glow suddenly lit the path in front of Gloria. She urged her trembling horse forward. As she turned towards the riding stable, the glow became stronger and centered on a huge lightning-struck oak tree. On the trunk of the tree, a woman's face appeared. She glowed with a white light as her lips moved. Tell them, she whispered. Tell them I'm innocent. Gloria kicked her horse, but the horse needed no urging. He flew through the woods and stopped at the stable door, trembling in fear. The next day, one of the stable owners, Tommy, stopped by while Gloria groomed her horse. Tommy had heard that Gloria had ridden alone through Black Woods after dark and so close to Halloween. As she curried her horse, Gloria worked up her courage and asked Tommy, 
Why do people say we shouldn't go into Blackwoods at night? Because of the hanging tree, Tommy said. The big oak. It was a statement from Gloria, not a question. The very one, said Tommy. The apparition's words echoed in Gloria's mind. Tell them I'm innocent. She shivered, and she never rode anywhere near Black Woods or the old hanging tree ever again. Okay, one more is don't turn on the light. She commandeered the room in the basement of her dorm as soon as she realized she would have to pull an all-nighter in order to prepare for tomorrow's final exam. Her roommate, Jenna, liked to go to bed early, so she packed up everything she thought she would need and went downstairs to study and study and study, and study some more. It was two o'clock when she realized that she'd left one of the textbooks upstairs on her bed. With a dramatic sigh, she rose and climbed the stairs slowly to her third floor dorm room. The lights were dim in the long hallway, and the old boards creaked under her weary tread. She reached her room and turned the handle as softly as she could, pushing the door open just enough to slip inside, so that the hall lights wouldn't wake her roommate. The room was filled with a strange, metallic smell. She frowned a bit, her arms breaking out into chills. There was a strange feeling of malice in the room, as if a malevolent gaze were fixed upon her. It was a mind trick. The all-nighter was catching up with her. She could hear Jenna breathing on the far side of the room, a heavy sound, almost as if she had been running. Jenna must have picked up a cold during the last tense week before finals. She crept along the wall until she reached her bed, groping among the covers for the stray history textbook. In the silence, she could hear a steady drip, drip, drip sound. She sighed silently. Facilities would have to come fix the sink in the bathroom again. Her fingers closed on the textbook. She picked it up softly and withdrew from the room as silently as she could. Relieved to be out of the room, she hurried back downstairs, collapsed into an overstuffed chair, and studied until 6 a.m. She finally decided that enough was enough. If she slipped upstairs now, she could get a couple hours sleep before her 9 o'clock exam. The first of the sun's rays were beaming through the windows as she slowly slid the door open, hoping not to awaken Jen. Her nose was met by an earthy, metallic smell a second before her eyes registered the scene in her dorm room. Jenna was spread eagle on top of her bed against the far wall, her throat cut from ear to ear and her nightdress stained with blood. Two drops of blood fell from the saturated blanket with a drip, drip, noise that sounded like a leaky faucet. Scream after scream poured from her mouth, but she couldn't stop herself any more than she could cease wringing her hands. All along the hallway, doors slammed and footsteps came running down the passage. Within moments, other students had gathered in her doorway, and one of her friends gripped her arm with a shaking hand and pointed a trembling finger toward the wall. Her eyes widened in shock at what she saw. Then she fainted into her friend's arms. On the wall, above her bed, written in her roommate's blood, were the words, Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? All right, that's the end of our episode for today. Make sure you're checking out our website at nightmaresatmidnightpodcast.buzzsprout.com or check us out on Instagram at nightmaresatmidnightpodcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at nightmaresatmidnightpodcast. You can also listen to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn plus Alexa, Podcast Addict. And you can send us an email if there's episodes you'd like to hear at nightmaresatmidnightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and catch us next time.
Lisa's Kitchen and Closet. Downtown Park Falls is your local one-stop shop. Stop by the kitchen, open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., where they are serving up your favorites for breakfast and lunch, along with their always tasty lattes, frappes, desserts, and much more. The closet is open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. They have everything you need from lounging at home to attending a special event, including jewelry, shoes, and accessories. Find the perfect outfit, a tasty treat, or just the right gift at Kayla's Kitchen and Closet downtown Park Falls or online at kaylaskitchenandcloset.com. Kayla and the crew are always there for you.